0: If we lead ourselves by emotions, as a business owner, I would have folded. I would have thrown in a towel.
1: Welcome into to another episode of KZ1023's Community Beats. You know what's up. I'm your host, Ross Martinez. Alongside my guest this week is Crisette Fraso. I said That's that right. That's right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and I've been living out here too long, so my accent might be off. She's the vice chair of the Greater Peoria Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and also the owner of Tecleria, uh, Wine and Spirits. Ooh, what's going on? You know, my friend introduced me to you via uh, Facebook. Yes. Uh, Gabe, shout out to Gabe, great hey, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
0: you for the connect.
1: What's um, something you're very passionate about?
0: Yeah, my my biggest passion I would say is immigration, immigration reform. Oh, we haven't had this
1: conversation yet. This
0: has been the biggest impact on my life. And it started when I was young. I was born in Mexico, raised in Chicago.
1: Oh, where in Mexico? Uh, Mexico City. Oh, there, in mm-hmm. Chilanga. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh,
0: came here when I was three, when we settled in Chicago. I was in fifth grade and my dad got a deportation case, letter sent to him. So it changed. In the mail? It just came? It just came. I don't remember if it was served to him or it came in the mail, but it was something I think that needed a signature. So I think either my mom signed or he signed, but it changed our life. So from that point on, my father had a case for 20 years that he fought and he couldn't travel. The positive side of it is my grandparents, his parents, were, who are still alive in Mexico City, um, I got to travel to go meet them on his behalf just to visit them. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of our culture growing up and, you know, live in Mexico during the summer a few weeks and then come back to the United States, see the difference, see the poverty, see uh, – basically not feel entitled when I'm here. And it just triggered a lot in me. Uh, fast forward, right now, my dad had a pardon. He's good. In another year, hopefully after 20-something years, he's able to visit my, my grandparents who are still alive. 20 years. hmm 20 years. So – what we did is we went into hiding because we didn't know what to do at first. So we went and lived with a family member. We dropped, we, they pulled me out of school. And we went from saving money to buy our first home and opening a business to living in hiding. And that brought a lot of trauma to our family, a lot of PTSD. Yeah. And my father, I mean, I recognize it now that I know what it is, but you're living through it. And so fast forward a few years, the fear was still there, but it kind of went down a few levels, a few notches. So we just went about our lives
1: and like hold on wait yeah <laughs> so i mean both my parents were born in mexico mm-hmm. um i've never had to have that i've had family members that have lived through that sure how old were you when this
0: happened? I was in fifth grade, 1995, like right around the time when Selena had passed. That's how we remember the years. Yeah. Like impactful memories, right? <laughs> that's how um, Latinos remember anything. Like <laughs>
1: my big deaths.
0: Big, big, big moment. And but like
1: at that age, you're a kid. You don't kid. know. You no. you don't have it. Like, did Here's, you know that you were undocumented?
0: Well, I wasn't and my, we weren't, but his papers were questioned. So he oh. was, his papers were, ours were fine. My My father's papers had an issue. So my mother and me and my brother were fine. My third my my third sibling, my brother, um, he was born here. So, okay. so we just went from having, you know, a, a goal of a American dream, you know, and we're getting closer to getting a home. We lived in the north side of Chicago. My dad's reasoning was, let's live in a small apartment. It's a safe neighborhood. It's more important as having that safety feature for my family is they can go outside, they can go to school, they can go to the park, they can go to the lake. We don't have a backyard, we can't afford a backyard. So let's live close to the lake. In the north side, where it's a little bit nicer, pay a little bit more in rent, but we'll save up to get a home. So I still grew. They, my father tried to protect us, teach us, train us. You know, I had a really nice upbringing, very you know, good times with my family. But that specific part is what triggered how I live now. Mm. So by the time I was basically 14, you know, strict household still. I'm the female. I'm not allowed to go out. My dad's like, you can get a job or you can go to school. That's about it. Couldn't there's have no hanging out in the streets. No. Couldn't there's have no that. boyfriend. You're
1: living home till you're married.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I was like, oh, I can get a job. I was like, I mean, I can't go to the park. I can't go to the store, but I can get a job. Uh, I'll take a job. So I found a job. I found a job through my aunt who worked at the mall. And at 14, I started working at the mall after school, after high school, freshman Which year. Which mall? Lincolnwood Mall. Oh, oh okay, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would go to Lane Tech. I would take train
1: buses. You're Lane Tech. Lane
0: Tech from you know Rogers we used Park. to call you right? What?
1: That can't Blame say Lane Tech. Yeah,
0: no. Stop <laughs> it.
1: We played you a lot. I was a De cell. I was a deal cell okay, yeah, kid with a the shirt and tie. Goal. Yeah, it was
0: an awesome experience. But um, so I would go to school, go to work, and basically I went from working a few hours to working part time. By the time I'm 17, I had already partnered in. As a business owner, and I had already gone from like one lo- one little kiosk to an inline store. We had already made some moves. We because I learned sales early on. My who, who was my first boss turned out to be my mother-in-law. She taught me a lot of cool cool skills. What? Yeah, this is a Pakistani family. Um, I met the woman. She was incredible. Her name is, is Miriam Shabir, and she passed away around 2011.
1: My condolences I'll, to you.
0: Thank you. I'll forward because all of these things had impacts in my life and my career choices. Yeah. You know, all tied together. We'll get there. In just come second. on now.
1: <laughs> I, I am here. I'm reading the book. Come okay, with it. Okay.
0: So I'm 17 now, 18, making 30,000 or so, and you know, I'm I feel I'm feeling like an adult. Like nobody can tell me anything, but. The reason I did it was because I wanted to help my parents relieve the pressure. You know, they're working hard for us. They would go into debt, went back to school, came to make sure we have the things we needed to mm. go back to school. My parents didn't speak a lot of English, but would try to help me in school. Um, I went from going to bilingual classes to just English because they were more advanced, three years more advanced in teachings, And the kids were falling behind. My mom didn't want me to fall behind. So I struggled. I got bullied, you know, for saying uno, dos, tres. I would say one, two, three. So I went through it, you know. And it made me stronger. Uh, My English got better. I studied a lot more. um, But now it was hard to juggle school and work, so I dropped out of school at 17 because I thought I was making money. Fast forward to uh, I'm 19, my business went bankrupt. Why? Because we expanded too quickly. We didn't know the language of money. We didn't know how to manage a business. My payroll and my rent were too high for my profits. And what we were very very profitable as a a kiosk and a double kiosk and multiple kiosks and other malls. Turned out to be very not profitable with Christmas rent. And in a line store where I couldn't afford the payroll. And we weren't balancing our product orders correctly. So you went so real quick? bankrupt. At 19, I had 18 roughly. I had lost like 7K in just displays. And I mean, it broke my heart. I was crushed. I was like really, really like, you know, cocky, ready to go. Like, we're doing this. I'm excited. But I didn't have the understanding or the learning to really run a business. So what happened after that, I got my GED in a week. I tried middle college for a little bit, Truman College, middle college. Yeah. But I ended up just jumping into a, a job, a job that I would pay my bills. I went into cell phones, telecommunications. I worked at Sprint. Then I jumped over to Verizon, which was my saving grace for 13 and a half years. Wonderful company. They invest so much into women. They teach you to be a leader. They would send me to classes. And I went from a salesperson. One of my managers encouraged me to become a manager. He's like, you know, you call us every time you have a problem, you can handle it. And then you mm. know, he would encourage me, empowered me. There's a few people that have empowered me along the way. So I had had my manager at Verizon. He pushed me to become like a supervisor. Next thing I know, I'm helping supervise 15 stores. Next thing I know is that 13 and a half years later, I've worked 30 stores, you know. And I love it because why I would go somewhere, fix the culture, talk to the people, make it better, empower the store, fix the numbers, go to the next store. And it was just like I was cleaning up and making things better and Mm -hmm. going to the next place. I had negotiated my base. I was making really good money. I constantly negotiated my base three times. Every time I got a race, I would go back, three times negotiate it. You're giving me more money. You're giving me more money. I do all the dirty work.
1: You know that's interesting. The phrasing you use that you go, you clean up, mm-hmm. and then you move on.
0: But it was great because I got to work with HR. I got to learn a lot about the company policy, about you know how to treat employees, how to treat customers, how to treat myself. Like the uh, psychology, know, the psychology of, a of it of a business. To me, after that failure, it was like. I didn't realize I had gotten a passion for learning it so much because I knew none of it.
1: So where so I some, it up. the some like what are the biggest lessons you learned how about? How to talk
0: to people is one of it, like emotional intelligence.
1: So like how, what is how some to make things? an impact
0: on someone, how to meet them where they're at, find out what they're thinking, not just about what they do at work, like what who are they as a person? You're interviewing people to get to know them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing you would almost do with an employee, and then together you build a team.
1: So you invest in them as invest in, a in a human them, level, rather. A human
0: level. And once you take care of them on a human level, everybody's on the same side. And then I didn't have to worry about the customer because I was taking care of my employees. They would take care of my customers. Hmm. So overall, it was just an impact on sales, an impact on culture, an impact on like you know, me I, being a good leader.
1: I and, agree with that because yeah. I remember a couple months ago, I got really sick of bad, cold, cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boss like, no, take the days off. But outside of just giving me the days off, he stopped by. He Aww. gave me DayQuil, NightQuil, yeah. some Gatorades, and eating pack because I threw my back out at the same time. Aww. That's like Viquito, you know, I'm old. <laughs> um, but, like, just him doing that. Blew your mind. The second I got back to work, I'm like, Captain's my Captain Scott. What do you need me to do, yeah. brother? And he's like, you're working too much. i no, no, no. I'm not working enough for you, man. You took care of me. I never yeah. had a boss do that. But showing that sympathy yes. or Empathy,
0: Empathy, yeah. I would say both. Um, And then adding a little bit extra on it, like another thing um, that intrigued me was the company had a 401k. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: financial, I mean, financial education, I never had one. You don't get that in schools, and unless your family has had experience with it, you're probably not going to get it at home either. Well, a lot of
1: Latino families don't really have the financial. Or
0: in- life insurance, so that's going to take me into my next career.
1: Ooh, come on. <laughs> So I would <laughs> teach
0: my employees about their 401K, their benefits, like, hey, you know, the company matches its free money. I'm like, you can grow it this way. Because at 1920 now, and, you know, bordering 23, I saw that money grow really quickly. And I was mm. like, there's got to be something here. Can I touch that money? What can I do with it? You know, I'm trying to think of ways to, like, what can I invest in it? And I couldn't, obviously, I learned the rules, but um, it was just part of, like, the whole package is, like, teaching your employees, like, what value do, do you have here? And what what can you give and what can we give you?
1: So you're more than a dollar sign.
0: More than a dollar sign, more than a job. Huh. You have a little bit of purpose. You help people the right way. You talk, you, you, you don't just mistreat people. That's one thing so, I couldn't stand was the mistreat of customers or employees.
1: So would you say that stems back to how you felt your father was mistreated?
0: Yes, of course. I've, I saw my father get arrested. I saw mistreatment of Latinos. I, I saw mistreatment of people in general. It's just, huh. you You go beyond race, you go beyond color, you go into a humanitarian mode. Do you have a love for people? Did you help in the end? Yes or no?
1: Bottom huh. line. It's kind of interesting when you like take the the second or the time to look back into your history, yeah. and you're like, ooh, this is why I act the way I exactly. do. It
0: is, it's all linked.
1: Because like, seeing your father get cuffs on him, and I mean, I don't know your story, but sure. was your pops, he was just everyday person everyday dad just went to work came back he, to the he was to the there house. i mean
0: you know like even help with my my school projects you know tried to give us you know a good time on the weekends he would take us to the beach he would mm-hmm. teach me about culture art um, books my grandfather's history history of mexico history of the world like he's a very knowledgeable hard-working person that in my opinion could have multiple companies at this point and be retired but went into hiding with his talents because of the trauma and the situation with immigration and immigration reform, and yes, did my father probably do something wrong in getting getting here? Possibly that was pardoned, but I think back further and I think about the governments, you know, the situation in other countries, and look at the big picture before. Our history I made, is our history is muddy, intense. and there's agendas. You know what I'm saying? So now you get mm-hmm. older, you know how things work, you you understand the greed is the base of everything, but mm-hmm. standing up for what's right or trying to make a change or an impact. It's part of my passion, and I found that passion coming to Peoria. So let me yeah. look forward to how all I got right, to Peoria, on. all right?
1: Because I'm always going to interject with random ass whys. I'm over like, to random ass
0: stories, right? like, I
1: don't know. We were talking on the phone before we got into this, and I think we had five different brackets of conversations in the middle sure. of a full thought. And then I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh we're going to talk for five hours. We're Latinos in the room. Well, we can't hit one I train of thought. The yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, your story.
0: We're okay, going to so Peoria. We're coming to Peoria. Um, I left Verizon because I couldn't physically walk anymore. I had to have surgeries on both feet. The cost of retail, you know, you're oh, on your feet yeah. for eight, 12 hours, it takes a toll. Um, I was very grateful to that company, and I still love that company because they took care of me when I left, and it had a lot to do with the relationships I built. But now fast forward is what do I do? I need to not work on my feet, and we're in transition from um, my mother-in-law passed left the life insurance very small policy like a burial policy to bury her and that kind of opened my eyes it's like wow insurance does that like Mm. that's a thing you know what i mean um usually you see a lot of people collecting money when somebody passes right because there's no money no savings for to bury even our own people um so i started looking into life insurance and becoming an insurance agent um and then my husband had also gotten out of the cell phone game and open a restaurant well took over an existing restaurant so that was a, a mistake we did not want to repeat is open a business not knowing what we did with the little money she left us she left us a letter like don't stop go back to business go back to being a business owner you guys got this you've learned what you needed to learn so we took over that restaurant and we built it up it had been standing for 40 years gyro's roasted chicken Chicago style north side it was called Morse Scarrows. it's still there we ended up selling it to our cook but we ran that up for a good four or five years and made it awesome. You know, we Changed got involved the with the community, improved, improved the menu, you know, hmm. added delivery, just did a lot of cool things with, you know, social media and the Internet and the apps. And, um, okay, we're business owners now, right? We're, we're like, we're doing it again. Yeah. We want to grow and we can't. Chicago's saturated, expensive. We don't see any way out. I look at real estate investments that I'm trying to jump in. I miss. Like, for example, Pilsen was one of them. I wanted to buy property there, go live there. Um, And I didn't, and those properties are worth a lot now. So I knew that my mind was working in a way where I had to believe in myself to take that risk to be a business owner and an investor. And I said, well, I looked around, I just realized it's just too expensive for me to take that risk here. So we had the restaurant going, we're like, we need to do something else. We found a gas station in Peoria after looking at other states, after looking at other cities Mm -hmm. like Michigan City and other states down south, nicer weather. Affordability is what brought us here, bottom line. I didn't want to come here. I'm a city girl. I was like, I'm, what am I going to do in Peoria? And then worst of all, when my ex-husband was driving, I woke up in the middle of a cornfield. I started crying. I was like, there's no way in hell.
1: Oh, like, down 55? Yeah. I was when like, it's like nothing, not nothing but me. the uh,
0: Like, no, bro, no. Yeah, it's not happening.
1: When I but, drove down the first time and I saw <laughs> the windmills, I'm like... Wait a minute. This uh, is uh, like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like I'm used to being in La Villita, yeah. a little village, seeing all these Mexican restaurants open till two, three in the morning. Yes. getting out the club, nice you know tacos. <laughs> you don't have that here. You don't
0: have there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna be there in a few years. But I know you know we still well, we got some work. I feel Victoria. like
1: Peoria is uh, ten years behind the major I market. I agree with that. Ten years. Mm-hmm. Like five to ten, it depends. Because mm-hmm. I know what we're doing here at uh, KZ, it's, there's no social media. Like, I'm I looking, you. I don't really see social media yeah. in the media department like that. But that's that level. an opportunity. It I mean, is. Um,
0: cities that are very, if you go to other states, cities that are very thriving in the commercial side, like the business side, retail side, um, they have a healthy amount of minorities, especially Latinos too, you know, Asian mm-hmm. community, Latinos. There. There's just a good thriving. Why? Because we're consumers.
1: Oh yeah, actually, we're
0: one of the top consumers.
1: But you know what? Marketing dollars, mm-hmm. analytics. Yeah, it says uh, thirty-five white female is the driving force in America. That's what every marketing uh, uh, what they call an- analysts analytical numbers when they sure. come up. They say white female thirty-five is where all the money is.
0: What about the top number of women opening businesses? Is Latina? Are they and graduating from?
1: No, educate so, everybody so right now. Yeah,
0: there's, there's not lots, lots of numbers, lots of, lots of um, know, like statistics, you, but yeah. if coming to Peoria was a decision because of affordability, and in, I can tell you that in three years here, I've been able to do more than in 10, 15 years of my life in Chicago.
1: Give me some. So, yes, <laughs> I'm,
0: that, that that's good. A, a spirit of gratefulness in me, and um, also finding my purpose here. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's been a struggle, and it is a struggle. And yeah. it's, and the pandemic is something no one accounted for. So as I get into all my businesses and the losses even that I've had, and how I've had to pivot, and a lot of businesses have had to pivot to survive, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it breaks your heart. You know, it's 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 a real hustle, and it's a real, it's it's a real threat to you know staying profitable or staying you know even keeping your doors open. But um, at least what's kept me going is that. Um, Once we came here and had the gas station, which is no longer ours, we've sold it, but kept the land. Um, I was able to open an insurance agency on Knoxville. I was an insurance agent for four years. I love that I'm still licensed. Um, Also, a financial, like a stockbroker license, I still have that. You
1: do a lot. I do a lot because (laughs) I love to learn. And
0: even if I don't consistently practice it, I did it to educate, to learn, to educate, to check out the field. It was great. Pandemic changed the insurance industry for me. It was time for me to basically pass that off and continue with my other projects which is Secularia Wine and Spirits, a liquor store that I designed with women in mind. So if you if you check it out, I mean it's it's a liquor store. It's a boutique style is drunk. It's going to get you crumped. Nice. The, the ladies can go in there and also <laughs> see the variety that I designed with them in mind. Why? Because I think of my sisters, my friends, my aunts, my mom, you know, like huh. trying to have a good time, trying to go into a store. Wait, what
1: and do you like, mean by that? Oh. Like, that's something that doesn't come to my yeah, mind at all. For
0: that to click, it's like, it's getting the feedback. It's not just having liquor. It's having variety. It's so, having uh, mixers. It's having sugar-free. It's having gluten-free. It's having a natural, you know, sweetener. It's having... Um, the
1: right type of displays. Non-alcoholic <laughs>
0: even. Yeah, brands that are, you know made even by other women.
1: Hmm. Um, because I got uh, one of my closest friends works for uh, Diageo, mm-hmm.
0: I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's one of the largest.
1: Reviews. He's, he's, he, uh, I don't want to butcher what he does, sure. but um, he's up there and he's really big with Brandon, uh, but he's been with them for years. So like, I kind of know a little, but not much.
0: Sure. So if you come into my store, for example, you walk in and it's a huge store for it to be a neighborhood store and the variety is incredible. Thousands and thousands of items. I yeah. do my research for products and, and variety and flavors and try to compete with my price with larger stores. It comes down to being a game of buying in bulk so you can get a better price and pass it on to your customers. Huh. But it's also a game of doing your research and knowing like what's hot, what's not, what's happening in other states, what's happening in other cities. Who are the new brands? Can I get them here? And I've been able to do that with a lot of uh, products that are, for example, uh, Agua miel. Uh, I have... Mezcal, I have tequila. Mm. I have aguardiente. I have Venezuelan rum. I have Guadalcanal rum. Guess what? I even have pulque. And for for people that don't know what pulque is, pulque is like not for everyone. It's uh, a drink that's very yeah. It's it's a very it's fermented. It's almost like a kombucha with alcohol. Yeah, and it's it's something that's very considered very poor drink.
1: But Isn't that like right right when you get it from the cow, you let it ferment for like a day or something? Yeah,
0: it gets fermented, and then you can add flavors to it. Yeah. So I have it bottled, and nowhere else do you find that else here in Peoria, Midwest, maybe even rarely in Chicago. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah. I,
1: I, I can only think maybe like 26th Street. Yeah,
0: exactly. 26th, you you and maybe, be able to it. maybe
1: <laughs> off of 18th, like if so, you're lucky.
0: But I love that because I get feedback. I know there's a market for it. I get feedback. From, there's a market here for that? There's a market for a lot of products that are... You know, from Mexico or South America or Well, other they Latin say,
1: um, was it Peoria? If it plays in Peoria, it plays anywhere? Exactly. Like, that's the they phrase it, been and hearing? And it
0: used to be called the Whiskey City, so. Yeah. I mean, to me, I went into alcohol, um... <laughs> Just because my grandfather used to work the fields in Mexico, so he's taught me to, you know, respect alcohol. Mezcal especially is used for healing in Mexico. Like, people actually give massages in their body. Well, the root and everything. Everything they put, uh, herbs and, 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 and fruit into the bottles, and they let it marinate for weeks, and then they eat it or drink it when they're sick. I mean... To me, it's fascinating. Again, it's part of the culture, um, but also, it's it's a cool, profitable business if it's ran well, which I'm still learning how
1: to run. <laughs> do you find yourself getting bored with tasks every now and then? Um, like, I, you put a lot into it, and then you don't feel challenged. You're like, all right, what's my next one?
0: Um, I do, and I don't, but I have so many things on my plate, because um. so I'm going to go into the chamber now. Okay.
1: Let me oh, tell you yeah. That uh, chamber keeps me busy. Because, the VP of Greater uh, Peoria Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. That's so, a big title.
0: Well... It's a volunteer base group, so we, we're now. just a small group right now. Yeah, we're just doing the work behind the scenes. It started when I became an insurance agent. I was like, well, I need to sell a product, and I don't know anybody here. <laughs> Let me find a way to network, and I found this chamber that was starting to meet, and I got to go to their second meeting, and because of the flexibility of my schedule, I was able to become a really big-time volunteer. The title just came later on. I was doing the work because, to me, it was a research project. I got the pulse for Peoria. I created a blueprint for myself, I got to meet people, a network, and I really, I came across a lot of resources, and it was a really cool time. The Big Table, which is a big event that happens in Peoria every year, the community comes together at the Civic Center, gives feedback on four different main topics, and I met a lot of people there, and it opened so many doors, and it's put on by the Peoria Chamber of Commerce, so Mm -hmm. they, like, took us under their wing and, like, welcomed us in, it's, like, here, you know help us participate and bring people to the table
1: that's cool
0: so all about perspective having a voice knowing what's needed and it opened up a lot of doors so when here I am trying to help my community or be a voice or find out what the needs are I'm tapping into resources and bring them back or sharing them back whether it's in Spanish whether it's on social media where it's, it's me meeting with people meeting with other business owners it's just it brought a purpose to my life it's like I love doing this right mm. because I know how helpful this can be for a family, you know
1: you like thinking of my own
0: family right? yeah you think you,
1: you're, you're walking in your own light.
0: Mm-hmm. so it just it was very fitting and it it was originally it's well it's, it became about business right we're trying to help businesses, but it opened up the doors to help with other things. It became an umbrella like you know I became a, a volunteer at the Peoria Park District. I became a volunteer with things that have to do with arts or children or healthcare care, and you're kind of like become this knowledgeable. You know, point of contact, and then you just keep connecting people to connect with each other and make the mm. network bigger. And it was—it's so satisfying. I love it. Um, I wish it paid me enough where I wouldn't have to juggle all these <laughs> businesses. But outside of poco that, a poco. poco a poco, yeah. I also did um, into—I got into some rental properties, and also like on the fair housing commission for the city of Peoria, just because I wanted to learn that aspect too. It being Plus so you affordable add here,
1: the representation mm-hmm. also. Yes. I don't, want, I mean, I don't I like take, it when people I, get
0: taken advantage of. You already know. So. I, I take
1: that. Uh, <laughs> it's like I learning. C- I can assess from already that mm-hmm. you are a strong-willed Latina. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no no. vas a dejar. Like, you, you're you not going to let people get one over you.
0: Exactly. And I think the biggest um, opportunity there is being educated and not just in a sense of, like, let me go get this degree. It's, like, being educated in processes and procedures and laws and opportunities with, you know, whether it's a grant or it's, you know, a program or a certification, like just what's available, what you can and can't get if you're documented, undocumented, if you have an ITIN, if you don't have an ITIN. And we advocate that, for example, um, one of my proudest moments with the Chamber of Commerce is just during the pandemic. Um, We were advocating for business owners that did not have social security numbers that have ITINs Mm -hmm. and getting them support and resources. So just from being here in Peoria, reaching out to Chicago, the groups that we work with, the DCEO, and having them actually put something in place for those families, it wasn't just our us doing it, but that our voice helped impact that. So, hmm. the last grant round of grants, they included business owners with iTunes. and to me, that was like a huge accomplishment.
1: Did you get any blowback from it, or no,
0: no? At the nobody moment, no, fought back on it. No, um, no, not from there, because cool. we have people in roles within that organization that are also looking out for the same interests of the whole group again if you're going to help mm. people you're going to help everyone or you're yeah. you're being you're picking and choosing who you're going to help if you want to help everyone how do you get to everyone it's like the there?
1: hippocratic Oath. like mm-hmm. you're here to help and save
0: yeah not pick and choose it's it's hmm. a humanitarian point of view not just you know, and not just Hispanic people, I'm Hispanic so that's who I help because I have the language that I, the barrier is there for language for a lot of things so I can assist but trust me when I say that when I'm involved it's to help everyone. When I have a, an event or we have something to share it's for everyone. I just make it a point to make it available, accessible in two languages. Hmm. So the chamber's brought a lot of opportunities, a lot of connections and we, all we do is host you know a, week, a monthly gathering when we can, it's, it's we try to be as consistent as possible. Um, and, you know, in the back end we meet, we mentor, we refer, and it's, it's been really cool. So that gave me my purpose. I ran it for three years. Right now I'm the vice chair um, and we have a new chair, but um, I'm still involved in, and that's been a huge impact. So it's led me to have other positions in Peoria, help with Bradley University, the Civic Center, um, Greater Peoria um, Economic Development Council. So it's gotten me positioned so I can continue my learning and my process and, you know, staying involved.
1: Bradley by the university,
0: the students are amazing. I love them, yeah. and you know, having a little bit of support for them there too. Um, pandemic kind of put a halt and a restart to a lot of things. So right now, we're at a stage where um, we got to figure out what's next. You
1: know. Well, there's a blessing in the redirect. Mm-hmm. Like if you actually take time to understand, because I, I was in radio in Chicago, and I had this entire I planned idea of how my career is going, and then yeah, COVID. Yeah. I'm no longer in it, I gotta redirect, and I never thought I'd be in Peoria, Illinois. (laughs) I never heard of Peoria, Never heard of Peoria, that's right. I never heard of Peoria either.
0: Uh, Like, gonna expect no respect
1: to y'all that love Peoria, but you're talking to two Chicagoans, I'm from the south, you're from the north. (laughs) I'm
0: from the north.
1: Um, Like, Peoria, Illinois, I was like, where's that? But I saw the app opening, so I'm like, yeah, vamos, let's go. And when you first got here, did you feel like you stood out a lot?
0: When I first got here, I, was, I wasn't here. I was running back every three weeks to go back to Chicago. Cause Me too. My plan was to get up out of here in like a year or two, basically flip a business, make some profit, and go back to reinvest in Chicago. Like if we're being
1: honest, that's exactly that's, what I want to do. My
0: mindset coming here, and I was like, oh, no, no way. But over time, it just became home because I got a, I calculated the amount of time I was in traffic in Chicago when it was a year of my life.
1: <laughs> it was a whole year. Well, yeah, if you get stuck on 1994, you're done. 1994 had you're two hours of my day every
0: day. You know. I and know. Lakeshore Drive <sighs> and all. Of, so it was just the quality of life that kept me here. Once I was able to buy a home. So I lived in a condo. I bought my first condo at 19. It was a two-bedroom condo. I call it a shoebox now because I bought a home for a third of that price. A home with four bedrooms and a nice backyard. You know? And, and, you know, like, and, and I'm super humble and grateful about it but to me that's a brag <laughs> you know that no, that's I, a the comparison from the quality of life I had in Chicago to now and I'm still you know I was I don't know how old I was when I got here I was in my early 30s but just what I've done it from then to now it, I don't look at it just the time I look at it as the opportunity and as it was a fertile ground here for me to do it and it still is
1: hmm.
0: and for more families to come here that are Hispanic like our Hispanic population here is growing I've been seeing. It's growing, and it's going to keep growing. I've been seeing more
1: brown faces. Hola, como va? How's it going? The
0: benefit for this community and the the equity that we're building here in families, hardworking families, Mm -hmm. um, I see it as a blessing. I see it as an opportunity, and that's why I'm so grateful, and I'm going to continue to advocate for Peoria for my community and... And just you know, pray that my business stay profitable and keep growing. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of support, but it's been rough. You know, it's been really rough. I'm trying to open a restaurant behind Tequila, and it's been a few months in the process. That's in the Heights, right? It's in the, it's it's still the East Bluff. If you cross War Memorial, you go into Peoria Heights. So we're still considered the East Bluff. We're still the city of Peoria.
1: I've talked to so, a lot of people about East Bluff.
0: East Bluff, yeah. East
1: Bluff is mm-hmm. like a big name.
0: It's a big neighborhood. It's a very um,
1: but it's underprivileged or under um, uh, funded.
0: I guess would be the terminology. There's a lot of opportunities in the East Bluff, but the reason I invest in it, because a lot of our community lives there, the homes are nice, you know. Um, I just feel like, you know, if pride of ownership when you own a home there, you try to take care of it, you try to make it better, and not just look at, you know, yes, there's crime, but I come from a city where there's even more crime, so... You know, let's just make it better. Let's just stay involved yeah. with the you know police department. There's so mu- so many things we can do. You know, like to work with the youth, to work with you know the adults, the parents. So that's always a work in progress. But I think you know if you try to solve all the issues, not everyone is designed to be involved in that. Like I've chosen my battle to be to support businesses and to support immigration reform. Um, you can help with other tasks, but I try to stay focused so I can be a little bit more effective.
1: <laughs> but those are very personal to Those are also. very
0: personal, but I still invest a lot in the East Bluff, whether it's events, cultural events uh, for the kids, my businesses, the rental homes. I you know, try to be a great landlord, um, fix up abandoned homes. I- I'm active in all that, mm. and the, what I'm doing is building my brand, so it's not just my name, it's my business and the business that gives back. So when people support me, they're supporting a business that gives back. Because it means a lot to me it's who i am it's who my brand is well
1: yeah, yeah i mean yeah i mean some of the big things that i do or work with or help out a lot with okay. like big brother big sister nice. providing mentorship for youth is something i'm big passionate about because i've had a lot of friends that either end up in jail mm-hmm. end up dead in the streets so i'm like all right if i could at least show you hey there's a brown kid from south side of chicago that has his own demons that's Mm -hmm. able to do dope things Yeah, let me be there for you like boom Um, cancer I do Relay for Life all the time my grandma's passed away from that so that's right there with me Um, and then comedy anything with laughter because I feel like
0: (laughs) bringing alegría to everyone (laughs) that is so dope
1: well yeah because you know (laughs) a day without laughter is a day wasted in my book Mm -hmm. because there's so much like I I don't know you but I can hear some of your stories and Mm If I could just alleviate that with some joke, Mm -hmm. some humor real quick, oh, that can go 10... It's like a random act of kindness. It's a random act of humor.
0: I bet you make yourself laugh a lot to keep yourself in good spirits. too. I love love
1: somebody that does that. Oh, my God. No, Like (laughs) if you were to pass by... I I got some friends that live (laughs) on my floor, right? And it's two things they'll hear all the time. It's either music blasting. yeah, And it could be anything. It could be from to uh, like the Gap Band. Like I'm all over the place. Uh, even some Chicago house. I'll throw it out there. I always got music playing. Or I'm always chuckling. Okay. Yeah. Something. Something is making me laugh. And I, it's just me and my dog. That's all we got. And I'll be cracking jokes to Rocky. I'm like, yo, what up, dude? And people hear it. They're like, he's he's crazy. Sucking crazy. That's
0: great. You got break the 10th daily routine. And keep
1: well, her yeah. Soul. I know when I first moved there. I don't mm-hmm. know if you had this. Let's see if you did, but... I I stood within my place. Okay. Yeah. I didn't explore. Oh, I would yeah. be back in Chicago every three weeks, and then I'd be calling my. mom am <laughs> like every day with my best friend. Like, hey, it's I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Like, right. I don't like the isolation, but at the same time, I don't trust nobody. <laughs> I don't want to go out. I don't but know the
0: neighborhood yet. Yes,
1: <laughs> people at work would be telling me stories of streets. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. talk to me about 18th Street, pimp. Like, that's what I know. That's I know I 35th know. Street. I like,
0: know Morris and. Howard Street, you know, you know, you're like, streets.
1: Oh, you know, University Drive. I said, no, <laughs> no. why, why would I know, you know, Like, <laughs> yeah. but as I found a friend, you know, Gabe, uh, Gabe Ruby Allen, that's my close group here. And the fact that I can just, Hey, y'all want to go have brunch pop up. Hey, we're going to kick back and have drinks. Boom. But having that has made this place feel like home.
0: It does. Gabe is also from another state. So I feel like I love a person like Gabe who's very positive positive. Ready to do activities, meet people, and he, you know he's got a great group. And I used to go to boxing with Gabe, and then he was going to salsa dancing. And, you know, just having his <laughs> friends to have you. Mr. Invite Sunshine, you. yeah, Mr. Sunshine, <laughs> to invite you to those activities. And my activities just were in the sense of more business at first, but then you know there's a lot of good stuff to do here and fun stuff. So I like it now. It's it's peaceful to me here. Um, how long
1: did it take for it to feel it like home? It took some
0: time. You know, I came straight to Pekin for two years, and then I actually moved to Peoria on my third year. Wait,
1: how was Pekin?
0: Uh, Pekin was fine for me. My husband had a different experience. He's a little darker. But, uh, I mean, he also speeds. So, <laughs> you know, if he got pulled over a bunch of times, I don't.
1: Uh, th- you, but,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't have any personal issues. And I think, again, I don't know if it, you know, I can't speak for everyone. I didn't have any personal issues with, with living Because when it.
1: I moved here, mm-hmm. the first thing I got told was, don't go to Pekin. Yeah, it's and spelled Pekin with three Ks. I
0: loved being in Pekin, actually. I didn't yeah. have any issues. Yeah, I saw some flags, you know, but I mean, but I didn't have any issues. No one ever came to me. Um, my husband had a. Di- my husband had a different, but that's his story. I don't know what he, you know what he's gone through but it happens at the airport too so again he's pakistani so he has a different set of things that happen to him See, that the he comedian
1: shares with ME, me wants to crack so I know, many jokes I, but i, I want I, out of respect, respect. <laughs> <laughs> just let you know <laughs> but, i i grew up on the stage with a mic in my yeah. hand and the opportunity to crack joke to me, sarcastically. <laughs> he cracks <and> his <laughs> own jokes okay so good you don't as have long any, as he doesn't we're he good cracks <laughs> his
0: own jokes, and he's my business partner he's my best friend Ooh, you know. it's it's uh it's been hilarious so. You know, as we go through these I things, got, wait, we just uh, both feel the same. Wait, same I got to ask this question yeah. and
1: we could, we could go past the edit out if we have to, but did you say that's your ex-husband also? Yes. Your ex husbands your business partner.
0: Yes.
1: That doesn't get like a little.
0: It sometimes, and it always has, whether it was from the beginning and our uncle is our third business partner. At Well, so,
1: my, you made it a family so, thing.
0: Yeah, it's a family <laughs> thing. It, it for sure is a family thing. And, you know, it's coming from a family of trauma, it's like, I'm trying to sometimes get us to bring in some more stability because we. You know, you tend to be in fight or flight mode a lot, and especially after surviving the pandemic and feeling like we weren't going to survive it. We had to make a lot of, you know, a lot of pivots from our original plans. But that's how it is in business. You have to have a stomach for it. And over time, you know, you just hope that stability comes. And when that comes, I'm going to be very, very grateful but now it's, it's a grind and it goes through seasons um, the restaurant will hopefully open in this year mm. and that'll turn it into like a kind of cool plaza like a plaza where I've you can have out multiple there. stores yeah
1: but when I went it was like country night okay. and I had people well, I I was dressed like this yeah I got my fedora on I look like I, I'm out of Chicago like yeah. I look like I stick I walk in <laughs> and as soon as I walked in it was on the bottom floor I think it was Port Brothers or something mm.
0: yeah it's, it's not good too far beer. from where I'm at
1: yeah. good beer yeah I walk in, as soon as I walk in, everybody's like, nice hat. And I'm looking at everybody like, y'all got cowboy hats on saying yeehaw. Like, I feel like I am so out of place.
0: I would say I don't feel like I'm out of place. I just think sometimes the positivity sticks out because they're like, why are you so positive? What are you so happy about? It's like... I'm a
1: big brown kid with a red fedora and a big beard. Like, like come on i just now.
0: seen what my family has come from, you know, coming yeah. from Mexico, coming to Chicago, coming to... You know the conditions, the reason people are crossing that border. I mean, think to those conditions of, you know, what's driving that—whether it's cartels, whether it's poverty, whether it's literally life or death. You well, you tend yeah. to be grateful and pos- and see try to see the positive things and what's around you. The silver lining. It's yeah. It to me, it's it's been a blessing.
1: Well, even right now, with it, uh, they got they captured Chapel Sun? And then now they're saying that the military is going against all the cartels or like they're trying to put a defense out. I've been trying to keep up with the stories, but you don't know what's accurate or not. Right.
0: If you actually go on TikTok, you get a lot more insight.
1: Which is crazy. Isn't that crazy? When you think yes. About it. yes.
0: TikTok there's actually... is what
1: Twitter was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I get a lot of info. And, and, that, yeah.
1: <laughs> like when, when you think about it, yeah. it's one of my friends right now. Uh, when you think about it though, like you get, on-site reporter. I remember mm-hmm. in the Ukraine when everything was starting to go out. I would get everything off TikTok. Yeah. a lot of like, hidden oh, agenda. Can't trust it. No,
0: even you know I should be a conspiracy theorist, but there's a lot of agenda there. And if well, you, we're you're not you know, yeah, I've, you know.
1: We so, don't trust easy.
0: There's a really good book I'll recommend. My um, one of my friends recommended it to me years ago. It's called uh, "Confessions of an Economic Hitman," and it talks about what goes on behind the scenes hmm. of countries' policies, wars, politics. But we have to have a voice. We have to have solutions. We can't have emotions running all over the place. If we lead ourselves by emotions, as a business owner, I would have folded. I would have thrown in a towel.
1: How long did it take you to get control of the emotions?
0: There's ups and downs. I can tell you that. It, I still
1: got mine. I'm yeah.
0: <laughs> there's, it's, it's a lot of ups and downs. But after making some mistakes that you saw that you were repeating, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I caught myself repeating the same mistakes. That's when I had to... Tune into my emotions. It's like, why am I making the same mistake over? I had an idea in my head. And I wanted Ria to be, right? But I couldn't afford that. I couldn't afford even the sign that I originally wanted. The outlook, the outside of the store. Why? Because the pandemic hit, and it cost me three times to build that store. So I had to build that store, and with my original designer, and theory, as it came. And three mm-hmm. years later, I'm closer to it, but it's not what it was from day one.
1: So mentally, that mentally, you. I
0: had to I had to be like, you know, I can't keep overspending on everything I want to bring in because I want this to be the reason. I mean, I'm there, trust me, you walk in, I have thousands of products, but I wanted more. So I had to control my emotions and not overspend in my orders, but still have a good balance and pick the best ones. So it made me fight harder to bring in the best products and do even more research. I would spend eight hours looking for products that were worth bringing in Hmm. and phase out the ones that weren't. So now you walk in, you see my bourbon collection, you see my rum collection, or you see my tequila collection, you know a lot of thought went into it. So that's like one, one side of controlling your emotions because bottom line, money has to control your business. You know, yeah. your, your expenses, your, your, um, your savings, your expenses, your payroll, everything you can control is control it and inspect it and check yourself, check your ego. Like, yeah, I want this to be the dopest or and it's gonna get there, but it's taken, it's taken me maybe two, three years instead of the first year. I opened when I thought we were not even gonna open the doors. Like we were about to go bankrupt just in that project itself, not in general, but just for that project, because it cost us three times to build within the store, within the store, within Mm. the building and then get the product and then pay the payroll. And I mean, everything you had to juggle was just, you know, unexpected with the materials going up during COVID, with not being able to get permits right away. So I had to keep my guys paid, you know with sometimes there being no work because they've been with us for years helping me fix the home. So yeah. it was, you know, me taking care of my people, me taking care of, and then getting to point where I opened my door. So those mistakes and those, you know, sacrifices kept us all together. And it wasn't just me. It was me, my uncle, and my ex-husband. So, I mean, we felt it. And, yeah. and that's how you learn to control your emotions when it's life or death, when it's, you know, eating or not eating or paying your people or not paying your people that puts you in check like those type of lessons i remember my grandmother almost died in mexico and you know the family didn't have money to send her but everybody's out here buying stuff and it's like check your priorities why Why are we here why are we doing this are we giving back are we just taking you yeah. know what what what's your legacy you know? well
1: because that's latinos our big thing is we're very and family dad, oriented yeah but at the same time we're very my grandma, that was the same, my family, my mom, and grandma said, si no tienes ganas, no vas a ganar. So like, necesitas ganas, you got to Aquí estamos. Aquí
0: estamos. And yeah. the part that makes me excited is the, the young generation, the kids, right? So I had mm-hmm. like Snapchat where I would share all my process, everything I was doing every day with my businesses, and had my little cousins on there. I had people locally, I, you know, I, and I, I would post a lot at, at the time to show the process of realistically, like the ups and downs I go through every day of trying to get this business operation going. POV
1: behind the scenes.
0: And and they are going to take it and then they come up to me. They're like, can you mentor me? Or look, I saw this thing on TikTok. I can flip gym shoes. I can do this. I'm <laughs> like, you guys can do anything. You guys can start like a pressure washing business. You know, you guys can start, you know, and, and it's just showing that to them because we work very hard as the people, but do we invest as hard? Do we invest in ourselves? Do we educate ourselves? Are we ready, to, you know, to hit hit markets, hit real estate, hit you know, retail. One, two, one, two. And the answer mm-hmm. is not not as much, but we can.
1: Well, have you experienced the, I've experienced a couple of times with other Latinos where it's uh, the crabs and the buckler syndrome. As one tries to get out, they pull you right down.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've heard it a lot, but, and it's talked about a lot, but I don't talk about it. I don't focus on it. I don't, I keep helping because I'm serving God. To me, in my head, in my mind, I'm serving God. If a person t- tries to take advantage of me, or tries to do me wrong I did my part I Yes or no, did I help, yes or no
1: See that's hard for me Because like, if you wrong me I still got that 20% yeah. Chicago man <laughs> I don't forget Have you where I came from
0: ha- <laughs> If anybody out there is rented houses And it's hmm. such an emotional process To want to give a family a home or have family, somebody take advantage of you and continually lie to you, and then have to get to the process where you Aww. have to evict somebody. That when, when I learned to control my emotions, I think it was you know learning to order product correctly and putting boundaries down, especially with renters, because my heart wants to help, but reality is it's still a business. I still have to you know take care. I so I'm very clear about you know boundaries and communication, the leases, all of these things are very important. That was a learning process for me, learning how to write a lease, learning the legal aspects of things. Yeah. Learning how to cover myself from somebody trying to do um, fraud with their checks.
1: Make sure there's no loopholes where they can yeah, take advantage so of things. It's all in the verbiage.
0: I, I think it's all about like preparing yourself to protect yourself, knowing that the worst can happen and it, and then also trying to help at the same time. But if you look at the show, one of my favorite shows was The Walking Dead when it came out. Oh, it yeah. like just a survival <laughs> show, you know, everybody was like, you know, who do you trust the person in front of you or not? And it's, Damn, uh, it's not hard from what's going on out there every day, so don't mistake that someone's kind for not being educated and not, not know how to protect themselves. But hopefully it doesn't get to that. And you win people over, just like having a team when I first started at Verizon, you win the people over that you come in to, to help a store. And there's people not on your side. There's people that's already gonna hate on you right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. How do you win everybody over? Even people that are coming at you like that.
1: I don't know. That's a good question.
0: So it's it's just it's just uh, you know try to use your emotional intelligence because it it helps better when you have more people on your side.
1: Because I've experienced where I'll come into a situation and I'll be chipper, or high energy, I'll be me. I'll be fun, <laughs> lighthearted. It is what it is. Yeah. But then there's always like a handful of mother you know what oh, I mean? They're yeah. like, man, not that fool, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I got to check my emotions because one, one of my favorite sayings, I think it's from The Art of War, it's uh, it's better to be a warrior in a gardener mm-hmm. than a gardener in a war. Yes. Yeah. Which, in my mind, I address it as... Let there be peace around you. You can have torment inside, but control it. Okay. Yeah. Control the emotions before they dictate who you really are.
0: Um, I'll share with you a weird story. It, I um, love weird stories. Okay, weird story. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: I, a previous employee at my insurance agency had a run-in with um, another business, and she gave a bad review, and then that business found out who she was, so they wanted to attack my business to get back <gasps> at her personally. No. And this person recruited a, a friend, a buddy cop, who thought they were going to intimidate me. So... It became this, like, full-out, like, attack on on social media, on my business, and it was very racist, even though I've had barely any experiences with, like, that personally, right? (sighs) So it just came down to me knowing the law, how to protect myself, what to say, where to say, like, you know, and make it clear and show up and not be, you know, like, not back down. And I did my quick investigation. I I knew that person's name, and I was like, this is what it is. Pick one.
1: But it's tough though, like right. learning how to mature as yes. an adult and understanding that not every instance in life deserves that reaction from That's you. That's
0: true. But I've had guns held mm-hmm. to my head, so I know when to control boy, my boy. emotions and when not to, because you can lose your life over it. Oh, we, sorry. We, yeah. <laughs> you can lose your life over it sometimes. Well, yeah. So especially when you, you know, all of my businesses have been in rough neighborhoods. Uh, I've grown up in rough neighborhoods, so I've seen people get killed for not controlling their emotions letting something go to the next level. Oh, yeah. So uh, it, I try not to think of it as me being naive. I'm trying to think of it as me being more, like, intelligent with my negotiation skills. It's just
1: interesting how you say that because mm-hmm. I've, I've... Damn. All right, well, <laughs> my mom listens to <laughs> this, so she's not going to be happy to hear this. Um, shit, I actually never told this story. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for it. I'm
0: here for it.
1: <laughs> but uh, I snuck out of the house one time when I was younger when okay. my, my mom was... In Mexico with my my grandma at the time, my dad was there, and I snuck out, went to a party that was supposed to be on St. Louis. I had a gun put on me on my what head because the guy was just being drunk and dumb. Yeah, and I remember in that moment, I felt so powerless.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm scared to shit. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, like it. It wasn't until. Maybe a year and a half. No, a year and a half in the pandemic where I actually went with my best friend and shot a gun. And I took the control over that. We're like, all right, over still your don't like them. Right. <laughs> but it's like in the moment up until then, mm-hmm. I was always fearful. Yeah. So like the way you just said that, where are like, oh, yeah, I had a gun at me. Blah, blah, blah. And you just rode past it like it's nothing. Some people listen yeah. to the podcasts have never had that instance. Yeah. And don't understand the comeback from that.
0: So mentally I, I was, um, I was holding a baby. Um, they took Ooh, my purse. No. So we had to control our emotions because that could have gone really ugly. I was holding my friend's newborn baby. We were on the west side of Chicago. Like, well, was your first it.
1: problem on the west side of Chicago. <laughs> <you know? laughs> you know, I was
0: in the, even the north side's like that. Um, my restaurant was in between a war zone between Morris and Howard.
1: Ooh, and no. it was
0: uh, a lot of young people being used as pawns for another person to take over the area. Yeah. So underage, like you're talking 16, under 18, 16 year olds killing each other. They would run into my restaurant and, you know, try to cause problems. So, I mean, we had to learn how to work with cats, the police department, down yeah. there, and stay involved and just, you know, have a relationship with uh, with them and then try to, you know, work with the groups that were used to gaming. It was one of my old school bu- buddies from my grammar school. Walked the streets and talked to them because he had gotten out trying to get them to see the way out because they're used as pawns. It's all a game, you know. It breaks my heart. So it I does break it. your heart and, and just being and those experiences, they make you a little bit more calm about popping off <laughs> yeah. and controlling the emotions and I've gotten people that were against me to work with me and helping the community so I don't make it about me I make it about you know let me let me I have something to sh- maybe to share with that person whether it's a woman and usually females will only come at you if it's about a dude that's <laughs> when they're really really against you it's usually about something stupid like, like that For real. but yeah but if it's when it comes to you know like off of first impressions or appearances, you can get out past all that.
1: Because guys, it's, a, it's all machismo. It's all ego.
0: I'm not a guy. I can't believe, b- the begin guy, to the imagine pride the with
1: pride. Uh, yes, Mio. It, I've had instances where I've walked in a room dressed how I'm dressed with a fedora scarf, yes. everything, and I have my sunglasses on because I like how it looks. <laughs> I think I look good. And then automatically <laughs> I'll hear, oh, that guy thinks you think you're all that. And I'm yeah. like, nah, bro, I just like how I look.
0: A girl that wanted to have a fight with me just because she didn't like how Somebody looked at me that she was dating I shook her hand and I said I don't fight females and she was part of someone that helped me bring together a group of women to play sports the following year ah. you know what I mean so if I would have just punched her and clocked her I would have probably lost the license over it for well, one of my business you know? you know? it it's not worth <laughs> it you know and
1: and Fighting over another person is not worth it unless it's, so it's family silly. members exactly. and they're getting disrespectful. But, like, if you come in here sideways and say some stuff about my mom or pops, my mom always told me, Don't fight, I'll beat them up on my own. Yeah. But <laughs> at the same time, there's a pride where, like, nah, I'm going yeah. to pop that motherfucker. Yeah, like, <laughs> you got a line.
0: <laughs> Taking boxing classes, I mean, it was it was fun. but I got boxing I don't, classes. I, I just got two
1: anybody. cannons right here. Once they're done, <laughs> that's it. You know what I mean? You're like, boom, boom. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I look back at. Oh, I just pressed the button. Uh, I look back at. What did you press? I pressed this button right
1: here <laughs> i have no idea what that is. don't press things I please press <laughs> push. it's like in the movie where they're like big red button don't press uh, he says like what's this do? <laughs> does it say anything i just says push but, no don't okay. push
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh <man>. uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. that's great i like Yeah, that. but and
0: it turned out you know like we made something happen If I just lost my I had a conversation with her and I found out more about her and it's like okay you know you do your things I do mine but um, she invited me back the following year to do a sports group for women I was like alright let's do it you know like no, no hard feelings
1: it's kind of crazy when you think about like mm-hmm. just roaming unchecked emotions <laughs> yeah and then when you put the dating aspect into it it, it can muddy so <laughs> much up yeah it's like I, nobody cares ain't nobody yeah. looking and
0: the truth has so much power if you're just very honest from the beginning about how things are I feel like that's not used as much in oh, dating yeah. just telling it how it is like Yo, this is this is what oh, it is yeah. and, and you have to respect that you get more with the truth than you do from lying
1: so oh 1000%
0: yeah it's just it's actually like such a cool power it's to tell the truth it's like this is what it, you, you choose this or you don't And well
1: I, I was telling a friend not too long ago who's he got his own relationship like a girl's into him, but he, he's not into her. He's like, well, I don't want to hurt her. I'm like, better be an asshole in the moment than a dickhead at the end of the game. Because <laughs> you know what? If you tell her up front that you're not about her, you don't want her, and don't drop the, but we could be friends because that's going to ruin it. Just be like, I'm sorry I don't share the same feelings with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're a friend, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you'll be an asshole in the moment. But if you string that lady along.
0: Yeah. That'll save her a lot of thought.
1: Not only I mean that, but at the same time you you become the dickhead at the end of the situation. Yeah,
0: that's you can respect
1: that. Well yeah. I mean just because someone like you don't mean you gotta like a man. No. Yeah, that's just how life goes. No. It's interesting though. <laughs> it it is. Once you get into that dynamic and then you have business involved into it. That's why when you oh, said geez, that your yeah. business partner is your ex husband, I'm like, Ay Dios mío. That feels like that's
0: I love that man, but yeah. <laughs> no, but that's great. No, I'm I'm glad you're but able to I make do, it work. But it's 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 hard, but um No, that's I'm glad cool. it's him because he He's always had my like our best interests in mind and I I get into fights with him about like little stuff, but it's always about trying to make it better. Like my biggest complaint is, um, like let's just be more structured. Let's just, you know, be oh, more he's organized. More the wind. He's more by the wind and I try to bring more st- <laughs> you know, especially after living trauma, you want that stability, you want that healing, you want oh, to yeah. bring that peace to your daily life and if you can apply it to your business, that's that's good too. If not, you know, you're going to have your days, especially during our seasons. Like, we just got past the holiday season. It's mm-hmm. hectic as it is. Summer is hectic. And we have to regroup. But I kind of like, you know, having that corporate, I want to try to plan for the next year in advance. I want to organize, you know, all of our receipts and things so like that. Have
1: so you, have you addressed what that core is about? Like, what makes you oh. need to have that structural oh, yeah. hardcore? So yeah. what is it?
0: And I've, I've, I've told them our trauma. Our trauma is we, we have had so much that we've been through that we're just constantly, you know, in that fight or flight mode we're just like, let's, and instead of like taking a step back and being more organized about your plans and, or being more organized about, um, you know, how we do things. Like, Let's check in with us. Let's have our meetings. Let's make sure we do this, like, more often just to start bringing more stability. We take care of business. We take care of it. Yeah. But I just want to get ahead of it. Now, ah. I want to be ahead. Like, what I want to know what our goals are for the next year and make sure that we hit, we're on target for them.
1: You want to be ahead of the budget, curve yeah. in s- before, God forbid, something happens.
0: Exactly, because you might not have another, pa- we might not have another pandemic, but anything can go wrong. They've tried to break into my store. They've tried to, you know, things of costs have come out of, up out of nowhere. I've, we've re- we've remodeled that store a few times just to make it a better flow, uh, bring down um, theft, Um you know, put up more cam We we just try to make it feel safe for our customers. Like, um, I pay for extra lighting outside from Ameren, like a car dealership posts. I have lots of cameras. I try to make it welcoming and safe. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm also trying to take the stress off my employees. You know make it more of a process, streamline everything. So that's my biggest, that's what I'm always advocating for.
1: It's better to have a plan than Mm -hmm. having to throw it out and still have like an idea of a concept than to be like, ah, shit, what do we do now? That's that's
0: probably what I get on his nerves about. (laughs) That's probably been our biggest like bickering and I wouldn't even say they're fights. I would just say they're bickering.
1: Disagreements. Yeah. Because you know what? I've had that instance where I'm a man who I have my, I have stones I know where I have to get to. Yeah. But the process of how to get there, I enjoy the authentic in the moment aspect of just going. And that has rubbed certain women I've dated completely wrong. <laughs> like, well, why don't you plan more? But like, life, you don't know. Just you go know? with it.
0: But the funny thing is, in, in the home, he would take care of all of this. And I wouldn't. He would handle all that. So it's flipped. So it's flipped. So it's like, maybe he's like, you just. I need to calm, be able to, he's like, calm down a little bit, we got this, we got this, but I'm just like eager to, I'm eager for that stability, and I think to me, when you get to stability, it's a good goal to have. So is it
1: financial stability that you're very eager about?
0: Um, Yes, financial stability, because um, right now we're in expansion mode. When you're expanding, yeah. it's like constant money going in, constant money going in. So I want to get to the point, I'm like eager to get past this expansion where we're building up a restaurant, we're going to build up. And we've just finished remodeling Tequila adding more security measures. So, you know, like we bought the building, like there's just so much to it. You know, it's like, okay, we've already expanded so much. Let's focus on making this the best it can be and stabilizing it, stabilizing it to give all of us a peace of mind. You yeah. Know? And that's cool for me because once everything's up and running, my our vision is turning it into a plaza. So you can come get your food, bring your family, you can get ice cream, food. You're to have
1: um, go- you oh, all? Come I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm going to have All like Chicago style food <gasps> Shakes Like we used to do At Morskiros um, And you know Like kebabs probably We're still not set On the menu But it'll be like uh, Burgers Just
1: tell me tacos Two in the morning Please We
0: used to do Lengua tacos
1: no, not but a lot of tacos. I'm not, I'm not we're that we're not
0: going to be a Mexican restaurant, so <sighs> I don't know if we'll have tacos. We could do, like, specialty plates like we used to do back in the day. Just do the but husky But our, our gyros tacos. are what's up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our gyros All are right, the, man, that was, it was the best in the North Side.
1: I will say, the one thing I do not like is the fact that, say I go out to uh, salsa night, or later mm-hmm. night, right? When I'm done. You need a snack. I want tacos. <laughs> I burn calories. I want to earn them back. You know what I mean? Like, I want yeah. some tacos. I want some gorditas. I'm talking um, about the food.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there there Sorry, would be this. some food trucks. Like... Uh, won't join that was it and i've only
1: seen them a couple of times nah pues it, <laughs> yeah. it don't work it don't i don't work. want taco Taco bell to be my go-to
0: i go to Bocce's uh pizza over by bradley they're open till like really late Are they?
1: yeah that's probably Wingstop like has been my like stop.
0: that's a good saving one <laughs> that's how you know i'm from chicago Wingstop.
1: Yeah. you know it's interesting that you're that we're talking about um Just the financial security and aspect. Most of the Latinas I've dated in my life, Mm -hmm. that has been their driving thing. Yeah. Have you noticed that also in the Latino world? Let
0: me tell you why for me. I just, if I have everything set where I can be semi-retired... I can go full time into my passion projects,
1: which are
0: more immigration reform, more of what I do with the community right now. I do uh-huh. maybe like 50, 70 community and like, well, more like 50, 50 right now. And it was at one point it was like 70, 30. I would do 70 percent of my time in my appointment. And I'll show you my calendar was community
1: i show you my account then you show it yours. Was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I did slow down. Why? Because my health took a, a hit. Like, um, my, my foot began to, I have an injury, so I began to hurt again. And I didn't want to go through surgery again. So I took it a little bit easier. I worked from home, bought an iPad, invested in an iPad Pro, and it was like, okay, it's a business expense. Let me get this. <laughs> and learn how to work from home and take it a little bit more easier this year. But if I can retire, semi-retire, I can d- make more impact. That's my goal no car payment no house payment have my businesses running themselves like I want to get to that point and so I can do my passion stuff and then I can continue to do investments I probably have another two businesses to flip in me and then I'm done.
1: <laughs> that sounds. I have about my
0: right. eye on one. I can't even talk about it right now, but I will work on it in the next three years.
1: Because I like cheese Can you tell me off the mic. <laughs>
0: I can take your uh, mic off yeah. the mic. You're gonna you're gonna look at me like I'm crazy. Well, hey, but look. I'm ready I don't know whether that that kind
1: of males will tell you, but
0: it's I a, a male-dominated
1: field. I yes. love novelas. So anytime <laughs> I get some cheese for free, I yeah, right, yeah. So
0: I have my goals of just maybe like two more flips, one more flip, and and then I can work more on like my passion stuff. Because that doesn't usually pay me unless maybe I get a nonprofit that can get a grant and make me give me a salary. I don't get paid for
1: that work. You know, it's funny. Like, I'm a body language person. Uh right? So as I see you explaining the stress of, well, I got to do this. So, like, I I self-assess myself. When I'm in my thoughts (laughs) and I'm trying to figure it out, I look away. Cause I can't look at you, cause I can't think. So I see you. You look down, and you're trying to and assess. And then the minute you said, and then that be said, I get my passion project. Your head goes up. Yeah. Big ass smile. It's like a I'm
0: visual like, learner. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Yep. I gotta look down, <laughs> think in my head. I have my list, and I'm like,
1: okay, these are my goals. <laughs> it's funny because my boss now knows. <laughs> Whenever he asks me a question, I immediately look away. And like at I got first, I would see him looking at me like, why do you keep looking that's away? So I'm like, I'm thinking, brother. Like I'm thinking.
0: You're also a visual learner like
1: me. Yeah. I <laughs> have to be well yeah a little bit but like in order for me to get something I have to mm-hmm. have my hands on it yeah because I gotta I gotta think about it and then I gotta put my hands up on it and I gotta figure out w- mm-hmm. what works yep. that's the only way I could do things I don't know but that's interesting though because I feel like a lot of Latinos thrive or, or not thrive but we necessitate structure
0: mm-hmm.
1: at least financial security mm-hmm. that's our big thing yeah I can't speak for black, I've white, a lot. Asian. I can't. But I know for us,
0: I'm like when people ask me a lot about investing, whether it's for example like in real estate or a business. Um, I run into a lot of people that still have like the more old school where they don't want any debt at mm-hmm. all. They want to pay everything off. They want to buy the house cash. They want to open the business cash. Says I. Yeah.
1: I don't like. The they don't want that
0: de- but, and I'm I'm I help them with going in that direction because it's totally possible and I completely understand. Um, debt can also help leverage you in an expansion. Mm. So there's two sides to it. It's Sometimes it's like, yes, but I still explain to them the the positive side of positive debt, right? But I get it, and especially, and then that's when I introduce them to other concepts like life insurance or investing in mm-hmm. a life insurance and IUL for their kids. Um, even if I don't sell it to them, I just refer them off to somebody. I, you know Because Good. a $50 policy for their kids will leave their kids set for life. And it's a policy that plays the market. Mm. And It's a policy that they can borrow against, become their own bank, whether it's to buy a house, a business, go to college. It's not just like a college savings plan. There's different, there's about four vehicles a Latino or anybody can take to become uh, rich. And it's real estate, it's retail, like actual physical stores, it's life insurance, and it's um, playing like the stock market. But the life insurance. You say
1: lottery? I was like, stop. Oh no, that, no, I still look at it, yeah, but no,
0: <laughs> but life insurance you get is your so under. Like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I'd rather take that little dollar or two and put it towards my nephew's life insurance policy
1: because
0: ah, so I'm setting him up where he he won't have these stresses if he play. If my brother raises him right, he can take it to the next level, hmm. which is just if the way that the market has been. You know, but look time. at his. Yeah. You really think yeah. you're gonna let him? No, slide? I'm not gonna let him. I'm gonna make sure he's, you know, giving back too, and he's he's in a good position.
1: Do you take him out to the stuff you'd be doing?
0: Um, I give him fifty dollars if he learns for his first bank account. If he learned the word stock, profit and loss. statement. I, I mean, I gave him a list of vocabulary, and I had to have him understand. And at the same time, he was understanding how he thought his thought process, because it was very hard for him at first. But I needed him to understand the dollars, the, the nickels, the pennies. And then I needed him to understand stocks, what it meant, what a company meant, what what, like just a few words. I picked like 10 top words and I gave him 50 bucks for it. So he was with me for a good two hours earning that $50. But I was able to see how he thought and help him because I had that anxiety of learning two languages. So I know what I felt as a kid, right? Trying to learn two languages, having the pressure gave me anxiety and made me feel like inadequate. It made me feel like I didn't know it. it, made me feel not smart. When it was the opposite, I just had to learn how to learn, how to think. Yeah, it was something new. It was something new, and I helped him with it, and now he's doing really, my brother just told me yesterday he's doing even better in school. Yeah. So I feel so, like, excited about that. You know, I don't have any kids, so it was really cool to experience that with him.
1: So, yeah, yo I just have nieces
0: I, I have my businesses <laughs> are my kids and my projects are my are dogs like, my child my passion so. <laughs> I'll
1: be looking right there i be talking to him like a little kid that's so cute <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is he? Uh, he's a hot dog a lab and a Stop. terrier mix. I had all, a jack
0: terrier chihuahua do
1: this this is uh, rocky I'm Showing a picture. Okay. If you want to see a picture of him, go to my Instagram. Uh, the Husky Heartthrob is right there. How cute. <laughs> but that's young Rocky. Um, I mean, my mom has taught him how to sit at the table. That's so cool. No, like we used to have the during the pandemic. My sister lived with us, so it was my sister, her husband, her three kids, her dog, my mom's dog, my mom, my my brother, and my dad. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the apartment in the front. So all of them in the house. So then they would have a bench at the table, and my mom, anytime I would drop him off, I was dating yeah. somebody at the time, and I would drop him off, and she taught him in like two weeks how to politely sit on the table. Oh, how cute. Sitting next to her, and she would sneak him food.
0: <laughs> I need to know her secrets.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she does, but my mom is I get my passion for dogs from my mom. Like, my mom is a dog person. Like, she we throw the, the birthday parties. Like, yeah, she That's loves so dogs cool. more than people. I believe that. Well, you know, she's been through a lot. Yeah. And she deals with a lot of... uh...
0: She knows they're still caring.
1: Well, I mean, it's the purest form of unconditional Mm -hmm. love. No matter what. You could yell at your dog, and they're still going to want to come right up next to you. You yell at your partner, they're no. not going to talk to you for a little bit, you know?
0: Like, leave me alone about using the <laughs> calendar, this. <mother. laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. you, oh. you, you could tell, yeah, you could go off every day and whoever you're be like, I just need space. But then secretly you don't want space yeah. and then you're like, why didn't they come say hi? Guess who doesn't do that? Yeah. Your dog. No. Your dog's like, well, you need me now? <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Can we go for a walk? We're
0: getting some food? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly.
1: But like... I will say moving out here, if I would have yeah. done it solo, I would have lost my damn mind. I
0: believe that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I had my dog Rocky, yeah. which that helped because I have my, uh, if we open up my, I have my issue with anxiety overthinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think this is the healthiest I've probably been in a Good. very long time.
0: How's your sleeping pattern or habit?
1: Um, midnight or two in the mornings. Okay. That's kind of where Only I'm at. Person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But, you know, I start by 10 in the morning, so that's not too bad. (laughs) But it's like uh, he provides me the comfort to be relaxed. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Not I feel c- alone because that'll get you thinking oh, more.
1: Yeah. Well, or right? that'll make me make bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's cool. Let me date her. Yeah, but she got X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Let me
0: disappear for two days. Yeah, but I can't do that. Can't
1: do that. Can you spend the night? No, no. I can't. Okay. I got my dog. That's my easy boundary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> boundaries. No, that you yeah. speak of boundaries. Did you learn how to establish boundaries personally or professionally first?
0: Um, I would say professionally first.
1: Oh, yeah. so it, are you a people pleaser?
0: I yes, Yo It was all about helping like my I just thought my my grandfather is the person that taught me how to think. And what that means is like he he was like he dropped out of third grade to work for his family. And the things he did in our family to help the entire family in the fam- my family history, I know how much they've come along. What he did was literally miracles, the impossible. And he's written me a book, a handwritten book about his life because I would like love to hear his stories. And so what he gave me was the ability to learn how to think. And he's like, I didn't go to school. I had to learn how to think to help my family or survive or work or come up with a career. And he was basically doing engineering stuff without a career in Mexico. So I was like, this man is intelligent. This man has made it happen. And you know, I would always ask him, you know, like how the process of things. So when he helped me learn how to think, I was like, you know, Not exactly the best student in class. I didn't want to be in class. I wanted to learn more hands on because I had seen him do it. So
1: you want to live an experience.
0: I want to live an experience, and so like I'm all about like helping my family. Or um, and then I didn't set boundaries right away because my, my I didn't know how to help people at first. I thought giving, you know, whether it was money or just time. Now I know that it's helping them learn how to think or how to how to. Find things hmm. so I got a lot of questions every day from people and a lot of times it's they don't know where to look or how to look yeah so I have to put down boundaries at work because I like to take a lot of vacations so I was always negotiating the fight to get my <laughs> vacations and be up <laughs> out of there for my you know for my enjoyment so I applied that to kind of like to people it's like let me help them because they didn't want me gone on vacations because I was so essential and I said, "That's not good. If if I'm gone and this place is falling apart, that's not good. How do I teach them to think and be essential to themselves?"
1: But that happens a lot with Latinos that because happens a lot. we're mentally, we are told to be hard workers and keep our head down so we don't cause a disturbance, mm-hmm. so they don't look into the family. That's where it ultimately yes. comes down to. Or
0: parents rely on their kids to read even they're to them or look something up on the internet or I even catch my mom doing it sometimes. Say, look this up or tell me about this. I said, you look this up using this app or See? you can use this, this resource or, you know, it's like, you don't need to rely on my brother. Like yeah. it's just the, the, the habit of doing that. It's
1: interesting because I didn't have that. I, okay. so both of my parents were born in Mexico. Okay, um, My dad came over when he was an infant and this is before, um, who's a the big president? Latinos love not Reagan. Uh who is it? Six, the 60s.
0: Right, yeah, is it Reagan? Mm-hmm.
1: When he mm-hmm. the yeah. amnesty and yeah. all that. And so they came over then. My mom, she, you know, she has her entire story of mm-hmm. uh, you know all that. Um but both of them spoke perfect English. Mm. Like my mom speaks perfect English and perfect Spanish. Nice. Like she could code switch mid conversation. I've seen her <laughs> on the phone with her sister, I don't que vale todo put it down so as i was discussing on this and it is
0: this is a, a switch
1: yeah and i saw that growing up and then my pops will do the same thing because a little bit more you know a little paisa spanish yeah. but <laughs> that's kind of where i'm at with it but it's like i had a different aspect growing okay. up as a mexicano like i saw two where a lot of latinos Very functioning yeah where a lot of latinos mexicanos specifically for us would have to be the parent to the parent gotcha I had the opportunity to kind of be a kid, but I've had right. my own traumas and things, but it's interesting whenever I talk to another Latino, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't have that lived-in okay. experience.
0: Yeah. Because
1: that pressure of having to be the translator yeah. while also being the child, right. while also helping them to understand the foreign culture yeah. in a way, like that's got to be mentally is, it is, it is a lot. a lot of
0: pressure and luckily, I didn't get to go through it for a long time. Like, what ended up happening is my mom would babysit kids, but by the time we got old enough to go to school, I do know, she went back to college she got her GED got her (gasps) associate's degree went into accounting and now is like a full-time professional and is trying to finally open her own business how was
1: that seeing that though it
0: was so cool to see that because I'm so proud of my mother like she is such a strong woman and I see her and my aunt I have many aunts but her and my aunt that she's closest to have the same mentality of like uh, moving moving forward in life right helping the kids helping the Uh. grandparents And my mom right now, like, you'll see her go. She has time off. She'll go to help someone, whether it's my brother or my grandparents. Her brother, um, my grandparents in Mexico, like, she's always about taking care of other people. And my grandparents, on a humanitarian level, they go to other countries to help people. And they themselves are just barely retired. They they like, we just believe in God. We are just two regular people that can help, and we're going to keep helping. And when I first learned about God, I was, like, around 14 when... When I went to work, my parents went through a phase where they were, there was so much pressure at home because of the deportation thing and the, the bills and all that, where they separated for like a good year and I thought they were going to get a divorce. It triggered me. So I looked for something. I didn't know what I was looking for. I ended up realizing I was looking for God, you know, like hmm. faith. My parents didn't go to church, didn't really, they taught me about God, but didn't Did you know have me that experience
1: church. where you felt God?
0: Yes. I felt that because, um, so I have a mentor that's been in my life since I was 15. Um, him and his wife have been my mentors and they're the ones that brought me to church that taught me about God and they're still in my life shout out to Lindsay and Queen the most friends of the pod people. yep um, <laughs> they're a black couple that took me to an all black church my whole teens.
1: oh so like Lutheran or um, just a Christian, Christian church?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. now we go to Israel of God uh, Riverdale in Chicago I stream it um, but one thing that he said to me that stuck with me till this day and I've asked him maybe when I was in my 30s cause he taught me a lot that helped me in my Um, in the political area of work in a corporate Hmm. field where I was able to move ahead. Um, He taught me how to negotiate all that. So the things that I did, I've had help from a lot of people. Um, And I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, like just randomly one day, I'm like, why have you been in my life so much? Because I have (laughs) him, I have my father, I have my grandfather. I have amazing people that have come in my life. I mean, it's like, I asked him, I'm like, but why me? Like, why did you decide to stay my mentor or be in my life? And he said something that I'll never forget. He's like, sometimes God just puts people in your life to help because if you help them, they're going to help more people. And I was like,
1: whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, whoever comes yeah. to you,
0: if you help them, they'll help more people.
1: Well, I don't believe in coincidences. So yeah. people that are men, people that come into your life and mm-hmm. spend some time in it, it's for a reason. It's, it's a purpose. Reason. Yeah. Like I, I can think back to everybody I've met, either whether it's dating or friend or family cousin that I don't talk to anymore. There's a purpose for them in the life. Whether they were a mirror of who you are, mm-hmm. or a mirror of what you can be, or a mirror of what you mm, probably shouldn't become. They're there to teach you something, like that old adage "Dime conquerandas, mm-hmm. te yeah. Que
0: andas.
1: yeah. Yeah. So that was, and I think that's when I felt, and it's
0: like it happens for a reason. And hmm. now. I get to continue that work that he's done in my life and love them. Like, you know, they're friends. They're like godparents, but they're like super cool. Um, his wife is a attorney slash judge. He's like the smartest person I've ever met. And they've been in our lives just helping us like in dark times too. And, and those are the people that have shaped my way of thinking so that when I walk into a room and you said, do you stand out? I think my positivity stands out. And not just me, but I try to use that for a purpose. I don't try to make it, try not to make it about me because, man, when I, when that ego hits and you're like, I want Tequila Ria to be this and that, and then I get myself into a financial problem where it's like, I just put stress on a business because of what I thought I wanted, not what's best for the business. Let me listen to my customers. Let me, so Mm. I started having tastings where they would tell me like, oh, this is good. This is amazing. Can you bring this in? And then get the feedback from who comes in and supports me and who buys from me. Mm. That's more impactful because those are your actual customers so so you, my thoughts and their needs you know where's that balance
1: so you love success but you embrace failure yes
0: mm-hmm. nice. yes and if I can be successful I mean I could possibly not have this business tomorrow I can it could be any other thing if I have the stability financially where I can just keep doing more of what I love or I would love to maybe one day merge it I've been looking into nonprofits that um, we have a nonprofit through the chamber, but a different kind of nonprofit where you can apply for grants to do the work and pay yourself that salary. That huh. would be a great dream. I yeah. mean, I just don't know if I want to stay and going full into that direction. It's kind of like a crossroad. Do you, you go left? Do you go right? Do you continue to balance the two?
1: You got a lot that you want to do.
0: I have a lot that I want to do, but I literally pay people to do my job so that I can go do stuff that doesn't pay me because <laughs> I love to do it and I feel that I need it. It fulfills. I uh, need so um I'll just try to keep that balance right now and stay grateful and see what comes next and if the opportunity arises I know i I could jump on it
1: what's what's it feel like to be fulfilled in in your purpose currently because I'm experiencing it now but I always love to hear this because you you look like you're you have a passion to you right now right mm-hmm. like as you're explaining I'm seeing the body language I'm seeing the smile if, and you're like yo this is non nonprofit whatever but I'm loving it
0: It feels like you have something amazing and you want to share it.
1: Hmm.
0: And it's the joy of sharing a way out, a survival tactic, a success tip, a hack. And I think maybe that's why I love TikTok. People sharing their stories and their hacks. You know, three minutes, you get to a peak of somebody else's. Well, you and ever see so my powerful. TikTok? I'm going to have to follow you, man. No, you Probably don't, because I'm, I'm
1: not. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm the opposite too, of this. that's good, too. You
0: know, you need that, <laughs> that alegre that, that person that's in the crew, you know, that, you know, when you're throwing back a few beers, you're having a good time, that's the person, that, that, that's the sarcastic fun get. cat get, with I, puns. Love that. We <laughs> <laughs> need
1: that, because it's not
0: like, right now, I know, I, 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 I feel the pressure. I do. I feel the pressure. Hmm. I've taken this year to take it a little bit more slow, trying to get my health, because, when your health goes bad, it humbles you really bad, whether it's oh. your health or somebody else's health, like one am my I my death
1: three times oh, man. I know that,
0: a- that puts a perspective like none other. and I there's always going to be things that come and humble us But or well, any
1: day above the ground.
0: So right now I'm just like in that mode where it's like, okay, new 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 challenges this year for sure. I know they're coming. I know they're coming because opening a restaurant how crazy is that when twelve restaurants have closed this year? Like just knowing how good my product is, that I have to believe that it's gonna be successful. With the cost of you know, the cost of you know even paper cups, straws, everything has gone double. Close to.
1: Yeah, I mean look at what got this. Yeah. price <laughs> alone. Cooking oil, limes, so limes alone, they've alone, gone up a dollar.
0: <laughs> yeah, just on this this new idea or plan because, um, you know I want to make this, this happen in Peoria. It's, you know, it's, it's a risk. It's definitely a risk. And if it doesn't work, then we jump to the next idea. But like I had to, I had to do that with insurance. The COVID job. changed the process of insurance in the oh, insurance yeah. industry.
1: But I, mean, I didn't think I was going to be here. Yeah,
0: <laughs> shout out to anybody that's hustling. You know, like that, that career, and and you can make it work. I just didn't have, um, I didn't have the 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 force anymore. The employees, like it was just me and one other person. So I had to make hmm. the best decision at that time because. Um, I had health issues in my family. I had to go take care of my family. My uncle, who's my business partner, found out he had a brain tumor.
1: Oh, is that when we were texting you yeah. said you had to go. And then um, ah, yes, my you know. ex-husband
0: had fallen in the ice. So he has, like, uh, he has, his head has, like, trauma, brain trauma. I know. So I couldn't juggle my insurance agency that I love to work. I couldn't do it anymore because I had to of family and yeah. juggle everything else on my plate. So I have to be more Conscious not to stretch myself out so much.
1: You told me we could have postponed this for yeah. so much. No, long. no, no, no. This no. was
0: last year. This was a year Oh, Okay, before. I
1: just mean that meant like no, no, right this now. This was last year. I was like, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. You guys. <laughs> no, this year is fine.
0: My, I clenched my chest. No, no, yo, this yeah. year is fine. We have some things like you know, uh, my grandfather is supposed to have open heart surgery, and a tree fell in his house. So we took care of that. We went to Indiana together as a group, and we took care of his house. So we, I got to spend New Year's with my family, which oh, okay, was so we're lining. cool, yeah, because. When you work retail, you don't get New Year's. You don't get Christmas. True. And that's been going on for like 20 years. But it was cool. I just didn't have to worry. I had to trust my employees. I had to trust they they held it down. So good. that's the anxiety sometimes. It's like letting go from being hands-on. And we just invested and expanded so much that now we just got to let things kind of fall into place. And I'm I'm so grateful that people support my brand and business, though, because they do. And I'm not going to stop giving back. So I just hope they continue to support Good. me because I'm, I'm there. I do a lot of bartending for nonprofits, um, you know, companies that need gifts, anything. I I make it work.
1: Hmm. How's the anxiety?
0: I, it's high. It's high.
1: Yeah,
0: It's high right now. What do
1: you do to help it out?
0: Um, So because of this injury this mm-hmm. year for my foot, I didn't sleep a lot. I would sleep like around five because I had. I triggered, like, so I went on a healing trip to Ecuador about a month ago.
1: Montana oh, got some brujeria No. Oh. I went, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Sana, sana. Sino
0: I had an injury and I was really worried, and I actually caused myself more 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 pain. I ended up trying to stay in bed, trying to heal it, which was. And I end up with like back pain, sciatic nerve pain. Oh, no. So then I was like, okay, well, this isn't helping me. It's going to trigger like more pre-diabetes. Now I'm just at home instead of working out. I was doing really good last year. So I took a trip to Ecuador because I looked into healing, not just medical. Oh, holistic. A holistic healing. I did it. I went down there, and they got rid of pain in eight days. I coordinated like six different things. I went with my friend, stayed at an Airbnb. Um, lymphatic massages, injected vitamins, um, two-foot doctors, like top-of-the-line foot doctors. Oh, I need all that right Physical therapy. Now. Um, I mean, like, you know, I can't even remember everything I did, and I bought a lot of things. And I came back, and the pain is gone. So that was the first step. It's like one year of pain, mm-hmm. gone. So that's why my anxiety is been so high. Otherwise, it's not this high. Pain is gone. Now I have to go to the next step, hormonal balance, so I can lose the weight that I gained from being in bed for an injury for a year. Mm-hmm. And get back to having the energy and back to a healthier sleep pattern than before. Because staying up all night, is gonna, yeah. it's going to tear anybody down. Yeah. So now that the pain has gone, I'm trying to fall asleep earlier. Yesterday was the first day I went to sleep at 10 p.m.
1: Hey, 10 In p.m. Like
0: five years.
1: Hey, stop, 10 p.m. 10 p.m.
0: Because um, I was, I, I'm i just, you know what, melatonin until I make it happen. Because I'm determined to get my health back. But, Good. You know, like when you've had a business that works till 1am and you can still get calls at 2am <laughs> or you get a call from a tenant in the middle of the night you know like it's it breaks your sleeping habits so I just oh, have to reprogram it. you know so yeah anxiety is high but I have a plan so cool. that's why when people ask me like should I you know I want to go into this business but you gotta have the stomach for it. you know I'm very realistic about like what goes in and out Um, lady asked me she's like I have this much amount of money I want to open a restaurant And it was maybe like half of what she should have. I had to be honest with her and be like, you know, these are your options. Look into this, this, and that. Could I have made it work for half of it? Yes, because I have the experience on how to cut corners. But she's going to be stressed. But she's going to be stressed. So.
1: And the more corners you cut.
0: The more corners you cut, yeah. Oh, I'll show you when you come to Tequila, yeah. Mm. Um, Fortunately, Sears closed like a few years ago. And we were able to get a lot of the displays for the cheap. Oh. And I custom-made my own displays from parts and pieces that I bought. I mean, those are just corners you have to cut. It was the pandemic yeah. and I was about to not open. So we made it work and it looks beautiful. You would never Ooh. guess. But we had to get really creative. And, you know, and sometimes some young ladies come to me and they're like, "We want to open this business or do that." And I was like, "You know, don't necessarily buy all your displays new or your inside decorations. Like make them, find them, paint them, cut corners. DIY. DIY." Huh. And I know it's possible. Like, I've seen my dad do so much stuff for me, and him and my mom, Anytime I bought up my first office, they came in and remodeled it for me. Um, I had something in mind, told my dad he would just make it, you know, so I know it's possible. And then th- when I work with my construction crew, like, they bring me hands-on into things. Like, they fix a house, a roof. I'm there. They're showing me how it's done. And then I go with them to pick out materials. So I've learned so much, and I know it's possible for us to cut corners. So. I just share those kind of tips. It's like, okay, there's this group, There's this is what you do to make sure you hire someone that's going to do a good job or get referrals, <coughs> share like real estate groups with them, share people that are going to give hmm. them more advice or tips or invite them in. Like, There's a really cool group in Peoria called REI. They get What's together that? once a month and there's a lot of real estate investors. And um, people that you know, like refer to each other. It's really cool. Like, there's just so many cool people in Peoria trying to do right for.
1: I'm starting to realize that more and more. Mm-hmm. more. It's interesting.
0: But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't get out about and network. And I had to yeah. learn how to network. I had never networked in my life other than, you know, you know people because you work with them. I didn't network before I came here, and now it's my most powerful, powerful move that I made because it opened so many doors.
1: I tell you, that's probably what's mm-hmm. made. Because I moved here, April eighth.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And the time of us recording this is January thirteenth to twenty three. Um. And when I left to Chicago for Christmas, it was also my birthday, and I I remember driving back to town.
0: You're in Sagittarius. Yeah. Me
1: too. Wow. When's your birthday? The fourth. The fourth. Seventeenth. Okay. Ah, look at that! No wonder. No wonder. Um, so we'll be I, here another three hours. Forbes. More than likely. More likely. I still got to do a show, but whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but as I'm driving back into town over the bridge, like I feel like, oh, I'm home. Yeah. But by that time, I had been networking crazy. So wow. like, from April till September, I was kind of isolated. I was trying okay. to figure it out. My anxiety was sure through the roof Mm -hmm. like I was calling my best friend probably five times a day but <laughs> now he called me yesterday he's like yo what's up fucker like you haven't called Where me you like you haven't called me in five days i'm like oh man he's like well, you've been busy i'm like yeah he's like what do you mean you ain't been busy i'm like i kind of it on my chilling. Knows you that's yeah, good.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: he's like you good everything fine yeah. you normally call me i'm like ah, yeah that's man so i'm comfortable like i'm good now
0: those are good people to have. well yeah i know you and know one to look for you that's good yeah
1: and then my mom calls me too almost immediately after i get up the phone shout out to miguel friend of the pod best friend of the pod but, um, <laughs> my mom calls me. She said, "You too? Don't that, much I was like, "Right, it's Like, so you don't call me no more? I was like, "I just saw you." Like, <laughs> like it was five love. days ago, bro. Like, that's relax. That's <laughs> but it, I think it's more than just love. I think they understand that I'm a person that mm-hmm. has anxiety, yeah. and because their phones are always available to me, when I no longer call, they get a little worried. But That's kind of beautiful. Like, I'm at a point now where I'm like, because of networking with Mm -hmm. different people, now my close circle, Gabe, Ruby Allen, where I hang out all the time, we have places we'll go. I can hit them up for brunch. Yeah. Pure, it becomes a home. I love that. It's the people around you that make an area a home.
0: I like that quote. I came across the bridge and I fell home.
1: I know, which is weird, because immediately when I got back, to copyright that. <laughs> yeah, but it was weird though, because like I haven't been here that long. I haven't been here a year.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, and when I came here, I was working WMBD and KZ. Okay. And then officially, they moved me over here because I think they finally, they're still like, nah, this dude is yeah, hip hop. Okay. <laughs> like he's this this brand is Ross. Yeah. And when they gave me, like I have so much. They trust me so much. I love it. No, I love it, too. (laughs) But, like, it's weird. Everything in Peoria right now just feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I am who I'm supposed to be now. I love that. I have good control over the warrior in me.
0: Yeah.
1: And... I just see opportunity in Peoria, like you do.
0: I see it, I feel it. And speaking of hip hop, like uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Yanni Collective. Like it's another group of young people doing great work. <sighs> I get to work Blackie. with them a lot. Um, I feel
1: like, like I've heard this there's name. There's
0: just so many groups.
1: Like, did you tell me this name?
0: I think I did. Um, well, I Because no, I want to connect did. you with them. All right, and I'm make with. Make sure you interview more people. Like there's yeah. just so many young people doing great things. And those personalities, they don't, they don't hide who they are. They don't shy away from. What they bring to the table, their culture, the culture, period. Um, what what attracts the youth, and I think that's so powerful because when they're not just giving away toys, they're having like college fairs. Um, Don't press things-
1: that button. I'm not pressing. <laughs> I'm
0: looking at the button.
1: <laughs> I saw um, your eyes. I saw but, your eyes but and hands. I'm excited
0: because you know I get to see other people doing stuff that's never been done. That kind of lines up with what I love, and I can I see that can happen. Then we just work together and we make it happen. And then we just bring in more flares
1: to it. Yeah. Juntos podemos. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, I remember at first one time I was about to get like real discouraged because I was like surrounded by negativity, and and I went to Bradley University and I found it there with the students, the young students, like the freshness, the professionalism, the the view of the world. They haven't the been traumatized yet. They, they had, you know. And, <laughs> They were just ready to, like, ready to go. Like, we're here to help. Let's make
1: this happen. Look, we're both in our 30s. A a person in their young 20s, (laughs) I feel like has not, well, some may have. This is an overgeneralized statement. But mostly, most 21-year-olds that I've met, Mm -hmm. bright-eyed, bushy tail life ain't slapped them hard yet.
0: Yes.
1: Which, at 21, life slapped me a little bit. Yeah. But not at 33. Now life <laughs> don't slap me a few times where it's waking me up. So it's, it's always awesome when you're able to come across youngsters yeah. that still want to do amazing things mm-hmm. and just need some guidance.
0: And trust me, I'm not young. I'm closer to 40. <laughs> oh, hey
1: man, you good. But yeah, you look good.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Come on now.
1: God, the silver but, linings.
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to like gather that, you know, like. Um, I had a really big honor this year. Got this past year, got a few, you know, recognitions over my career. But um, the recognition that came from the community, the signing community, was really cool. Like they mm. did like a, a reina thing, but for the work I did. And then uh, I got like a controller, and it's like what? Like that was awesome. So,
1: uh, I'll leave you with that. With that note. Um it has been another episode of the KZ123's Community Beats. I'm Ross Martinez, your host, you know. Uh, my guest this week has been the vice chair of Greater Peoria Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the owner of Teclaria Wine and Spirits here in Peoria. Christa Faso, thank you so much for everything. We're now, we know each other now. Yes, we do now. Right, cool I was, like that. She's going to put me to work. You know, all right. you know it. <laughs> do me a favor. Go back yeah. and check out all, well, now you could, I mean, if you want to listen to episodes, go ahead. Oh, okay. But everybody else, go back, check out the episodes you have yet to you see. Uh, Thanks. Appreciate you. Peace.